I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So I first and foremost just wanted to say a huge thank you. I've seen an increase in merch purchases for our show and tags on social media. And you guys, I cannot say how much your support means to me right now. I want to let you guys know something here. I'm not perfect. And aside from my talent representation, I am a one woman show. I make corrections just like every other news outlet in the world, but unlike a lot of other news outlets, I will never bury a correction in the fine print at the bottom. I will always read it right at the top and own my mistake because the most important thing to me is that you guys walk away with the truth and with accurate information. I would never want to hear someone say, oh, I heard this really fake thing on News Du Jour. You know, that would break my heart. So I strive every single day to arm you guys with the best facts and always hold myself accountable to that. That said, the situation in Israel is one where the facts are literally what is in question here. Traditional media outlets are currently going head to head with the White House on certain facts. Um, So there's a lot up in the air right now, and I just wanted to let you guys know that I am doing my best to parse through all the BS cite as many sources as I can, especially this episode, and find you guys what you need to know. So from here on out, if I cannot confirm something, but I keep hearing it and I feel like it probably is accurate, my plan is just to let you know that and let you know where I heard it. And we can follow the story as it unfolds together. Some of these facts will end up being confirmed, some won't, but I want to give you guys a lay of the land of what's being said and, you know, obviously let you know where that information is coming from. So, and I do all of this, as you guys know, to provide you with a show that is quick, easy, without the noise, and without the stress. So if you have corrections for me or questions or anything needing clarification, never hesitate to reach out. I'm on your side. I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Let's get informed. So first and foremost, I wanted to touch on the earthquake in Afghanistan. Content warning, though, this story involves a deadly natural disaster. So we have to address the horrific earthquake that has happened in Afghanistan. It has been so buried by everything that's going on in Israel for obvious reasons. And to be honest, A lot of the images coming out of Afghanistan on first glance, I think that they're in Gaza. Um, There's a lot of rubble, a lot of people with collapsed homes, dusty and consumed by grief. There's a lot of parallels in the imagery that we're seeing coming out of these two places. That said, it is important to note because this earthquake 
was catastrophic, you guys. And it is something that would have taken up a huge portion of this episode usually. But today we're just going to touch on it. The earthquake was a 6.3 magnitude and it killed over 2,000 people, according to the Associated Press. Hundreds are also left wounded and many with grave injuries. Again, according to the Associated Press, over 700 homes were flattened to the ground as Afghanistan does not have the best infrastructure when it comes to housing and things like that, standing up to an earthquake of this magnitude. And of course, with the Taliban at the helm, the people are left without many resources and winter is on its way. Prayers are definitely up for this area of the world. So I also wanted to let you guys know pretty quickly here that a new Speaker of the House has been nominated. So quietly behind closed doors, Republicans went to work in the process of picking a new Speaker of the House and they nominated one. A Republican representative from the state of Louisiana named Steve Scalise. The vote was 113 to 99. So who is Steve Scalise? Well, like I said, he's a Republican from Louisiana. He is not a household name, but Republicans kind of considered him the heir to McCarthy's speakership. Now, Jim Jordan has also kind of been in the running here. But even his own school, where he was a wrestling coach before running for office, spoke out against him being nominated for the speakership. So that's according to NBC, but that's a yikes right there. And obviously, the Republicans didn't pick him to be nominated. They went with Steve Scalise. But that said, he's not officially in the job yet. So what happens next? Well, there will be a vote. And if Steve loses, maybe more than one. There are some Republicans who are diehard Jim Jordan fans and may try to go to bat for him as an alternative or Scalise might be voted in right away. Here's the thing. There could be important decisions. I'm not saying there are right now, but I'm saying there could be important decisions needing to go in front of Congress soon because of everything else going on in the world right now. As we've talked about quite a bit on the past few days of the podcast, the United States and Israel are pretty inextricably linked. And so there could be things coming up for Congress that, you know, let's say Israel needs some funding for their military, anything to protect the state of Israel and protect the United States as well. Um, We know the terrorists are making moves right now. So if something like that needs to get passed, it has to go in front of Congress. And before it can go in front of Congress, we have to have a Speaker of the House. So these are really unprecedented situations. And frankly, they can become dangerous if we don't clean up our act. So like we've talked about, passing a budget is being held up by the Republicans And it's tied into all of this with the speakership. So let's hope that they can get a move on. Pick a speaker. We will definitely keep you guys posted on how the vote goes. And next up, we are going to spend the remainder of the episode discussing some Israel updates. Content warning. This story involves war and all of its horrors. Let's go. So there is evidence 
that 40 babies have been killed by Hamas. There is evidence that some were beheaded and some were burned. Some news outlets are also reporting that these babies may have been beheaded in front of their parents. That is according to CNN, PBS, The New York Post, and many more. The festival where the 260-some young people were raped and slaughtered was literally called the Festival of Peace. You guys, I cannot make this up. It was a celebration of peace and multiple religions were represented as well as LGBTQ plus people living in freedom. And this is just a reminder that this is what Hamas stands against. They don't believe in other religions at all. They don't believe in gay rights and they don't believe in basic women's rights like clothing choices, education, traveling alone and ability to work the jobs we want. And I could go on. Hamas has a track record of this. So, you know, if you are a woman who works in journalism, if you're a woman who works in the medical field, anything like that, you're not going to be doing that under Hamas's rule, just as a reminder. I also wanted to read you guys a firsthand account from the festival. As always, with firsthand accounts, I cannot verify these statements as facts as I was not there. But stories are important to be told. And with all of the stories coming out, as well as the videos and photographs, it seems to back up this type of series of events. So here is a firsthand account by a survivor. Quote, Today, I went to work with Liron at a bar at a party. We spent all night and the following morning together. We had such a fun time. There was amazing sunrise and I went towards the caravan to sit, drink coffee and rest. Then the rocket started. The music stopped and we waited for the rocket attack to stop so that we could go home. Then my friend Barr called me and she told me that they and everyone driving on the road were being shot at. Liron and I ran to the police and tried to make them send reinforcements, and then we realized that the terrorists were close. There was chaos. We were sitting on the floor. Some were crying and some were shouting. Some were having panic attacks and some were in complete silence. And just like in our relationship, I hugged the ones that cried and I could barely breathe. And Liron, like Liron, helped the wounded while we were under fire. The shots started coming closer to us. The policemen stood ready with weapons by the door and looked at each other with a frightened look and said, storm them. They turned to us and said, pray and run. And they went out and fell one after the other. They fired bursts at our container. And for a moment, there was a silence during all of this insane chaos. We ran into the field. I turned back and saw Liron. She didn't come with us. We tried our best and got to the ambulance and that was the area I and hid behind it while the shots were coming from every direction. I saw someone down the road shouting, come here, it's safe here. So I ran to him. No one came with me. We started running and saw a car approaching. It was someone from the party and he told us, get in the car. I'm going down the main road. We'll run away fast. We got in his vehicle, he drove, and they started shooting at us. He made a U-turn to the other side while they were shooting at us. He returned to the area and got his car stuck in the sand while they were still shooting at us. 
We started running. The guy who drove the car disappeared. Only me and the other guy remained. We kept running and saw a pit. We entered the pit and held hands and prayed. And I told him, do you know the stories of the Holocaust where people pretended to be dead and no one paid attention to them? That is what's going to happen to us. He covered us with the sand and we sat there in silence for an hour and we started hearing footsteps approaching and we prayed. They found us, eight of them. I closed my eyes because I thought they would shoot us, but they lifted us out of the hole, took our phones and everything we had in our pockets and said, we have two more hostages. One of them started talking to me in Arab and I told him I don't understand him. I didn't shout. I didn't rage. I became apathetic. He put his jacket on me while everyone was looking at me like a piece of meat because I was wearing a tank top. He put a hat on my head and took my hand. He was holding my hand with one hand and a rocket in the other. We started walking. I saw that they were looking for things in the area like cigarettes and drinks, so I helped them and I found them. I didn't try to resist. I was frozen. The guy who was with me begged for his life and cried. I told him, don't cry. It annoys them. Everything will be fine. He listened to me. Some of them were holding knives, some hammers. He dropped to his knees and screamed and cried and begged for his life. And then he didn't scream anymore. They murdered him in front of my eyes. I was left alone with them. One of them hit me with a wooden board every few seconds just to humiliate me. One of them held a knife every few seconds, approached me with it, but this terrorist holding my hand yelled at them and took me under his protection. We kept walking. When we arrived, we were surrounded by hundreds of corpses, blood, and organs. We arrived in the direction of the car. I stood up and looked for the guy with the knife to take it before they put me in the car. The vehicle did not start. We continued walking and the terrorist with a knife who had just murdered the guy who was with me told me, if you try to run away, I will kill you like I killed your friend. I remained standing and the terrorist who protected me said, go. I started running while looking back. I saw that they weren't pointing a weapon at me and I ran like crazy. I hid under the stage. I laid down next to three corpses took some of the blood that was dripping from the corpse next to me and spread it all over my face and lay as if I was dead for three hours that felt like eternity. Three hours with terrorists shooting everywhere, burning everything around me and the missiles above me. Three hours in which I was laying among corpses trying to protect myself. Three hours in which I thought to myself that I am the only one left alive here. Suddenly, I heard Hebrew. I screamed, help, and that was the army, and they took me into a trailer with paramedics and other survivors, but the shooting continued. There were injuries and sights around me that I will not describe. They murdered my soul, and I hope... I hope that I will be able to heal from it one day, but they murdered my friend Liron, who was my hero, and no one will ever bring her back. End quote. So today's going to be an extra long episode because I felt it was important to share that story with you guys because I think it puts things really into perspective of what a slaughter happened at that festival that was supposed to be about peace. So 
That said, we are going to switch channels a little bit and I wanted to kind of fact check a few things for you guys that I've been seeing a lot about online. Number one is this whole concept of a two-state solution. In case you've never heard of this, I wanted to define it for you guys. What is the two-state solution? So a two-state solution is essentially, sorry, I'm so emotional, is essentially where both sides have a formal country. Both sides acknowledge each other as legitimate and agree to be peaceful. Pretty simple. And Israel has always been in favor of this. So I wanted to fact check. Has Palestine ever been offered a country of their own, but they want all or nothing? Is that true or false? So yes, this is largely true that Palestine has been offered several times to become its own country. In 1948, the Arabs living on this land were offered a deal with the UN and the Jews that would designate them their own territories, a free Palestine. They rejected the deal and they started a war against Israel on the day of its inception. They lost that war and even though they were backed by very powerful surrounding Muslim countries like Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Saudi Arabia... Israel still won that war, which is kind of insane if you think about it, because they were already battered by the World War II is 1948. And then again in 2017, Hamas called for that original agreement from the UN to go back in place where they could have this exact same borders that were proposed back in 1948, but they still refused to acknowledge that Israel is a real country. So Israel felt forced to turn this down because they knew they would be attacked if peace and acknowledgement was not part of the agreement. The leadership of Palestine, but especially Hamas, seems to always have this all or nothing approach. They don't believe that Jews deserve to exist, period. Despite the fact that, you know, this is a native Jewish homeland going back millennia, the Palestinians will not agree to a two-state solution. All Israel is asking for is for there to be two nations, Israel and Palestine, who mutually acknowledge each other as belonging there and live peacefully side by side. They have repeatedly asked for this for generations. Palestine, Palestinian leadership, Hamas refuses. I also wanted to touch on the living conditions in Gaza and like the checkpoints and the fact that a lot of people do not feel free to move about. So back in 2005, this is when Gaza was granted to the Palestinians. And again, they're not they wouldn't agree to this two state solution situation. So technically, Israel, you know, is the sort of overseer of these areas um it's also complicated but there are a lot of people claiming online or i'm seeing a lot of it that they can't move about freely and you know they have to come and go through these checkpoints and they feel trapped so gaza is a really small area but these checkpoints are in place and these walls and things of that nature are in place due to all of the terrorism that goes on in fact i've even heard and i do not have this confirmed so this is one of those things that like you know, grain of salt. But I have heard that Egypt has similar walls and precautions put up when it comes to Hamas territories because they're afraid of them too. 
if you had terrorists who literally shared land, shared a border, a physical border with you, like the United States would for sure have similar things in place. I mean, you have to like show visas and things like that when you cross over into Canada. So definitely if we had terrorists next door, we, you know, think about TSA, things like that. So it is in response to repeated terrorism and that doesn't mean it's all justified or all of it isn't excessive or you know sort of overdoing it at the end of the day I think something that's important to remember is that both of these groups are suffering from generational trauma generational PTSD they have been through so much and I think both of them sort of expect the worst from one another and so I think that's kind of reflected in these walls and these checkpoints because of this very loaded history on both sides of these walls. The Palestinian Health Ministry reported to the Wall Street Journal that approximately 1,100 people have died in Gaza. Online outlets that I do not have a way to fact check are reporting that hospitals are overwhelmed and on the brink of collapse in Gaza. But again, I don't have that confirmed. But if you look at photos of this area, I don't know how hospitals wouldn't be overrun at this point because there's so many buildings leveled and you can see so many people who are injured. I wanted to also remind you guys that, you know, We've talked about this before, but just the fact that Hamas does not believe in very many people's rights. They chant death to America in the same breath that they chant death to the Jews. They have vowed to kill all Jews, kill them. It's not just that they don't want Israel to exist as a country. They don't want Jews to exist. They want Jews to be dead. Iran who they team up with, kills its own people. They hurt their own citizens, their own women, their own fellow Muslims. So don't dilute yourself. Terrorists will always cause pain and chaos, even if it's inflicted on their own people, like in Iran. Biden also confirmed yesterday that there are Americans being held hostage in Gaza. So this is very upsetting. I have no doubt Israel is making efforts to retrieve these hostages because they have a history of doing this as per the New York Times this morning. Um, They have a history of going in after hostages and attempting to rescue them on behalf of other countries sometimes. And as per the New York Times, the morning email yesterday, or excuse me, 10 11 23 no modern government not israel not russia and not even freaking north korea uses hostages in this way where you know they say they're going to execute one for every strike it is absolutely incomprehensible and it is a prime example of why the world designates hamas as a terrorist organization there's really not another word for this and until the palestinian people get real leadership rather than terrorists running the show, the whole region will remain in a state of unrest. And why? Because Hamas has vowed no peace until they have killed every last Jew. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace and that the norms and notions of what just is isn't always justice. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from...